We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Podcast and Chill. And today we are joined by a former high school teammate of mine, Stefan Kelly, who played basketball and football at the high school level in New York City. We talk about how high school sports are in New York City, his college experience going all the way to Missouri to play college football, from there playing against better competition at the college level, to his experience joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a four-day stretch where he got to compete with other undrafted rookies and free agents for a spot on the team. And then we finish off with talking about coaching high school sports. He's been a coach since 2012. He's taken this year off the 2018 season because he moved to Reno, Nevada. And then from there, we talk about the state of football and the youth levels, high school and college going forward. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Make sure to show some love to patreon.com slash veterans minimum if you want to support the show and support us because we need some help. We're trying to make this bigger and better and it'd be for your enjoyment so sit back relax and here's my interview with a good friend of mine Stefan Kelly Ah, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a special edition of Podcast and Chill. So one man show today. So unfortunately, or fortunately for you guys, you're stuck with your boy, Lamb. I'm joined by a old friend of mine, former high school teammate, El Capitan, <laughs> my guy, uh, Stefan Kelly. Stefan, say what up to the people, man. What up, people? How you doing? 
Yo, Stefan, it's been a while. We spent about uh, the last half hour before we started recording just shooting the shit because we have a lot of catching up to do. Oh, yeah. Stefan is uh, a year older than me. Um, we met in high school playing high school football together. But this guy has a pretty unique story. And as you guys know about the podcast and chill series, we bring to light a story that usually wouldn't get covered by anybody else. So it's nice to have some sources and some people that you're close to, like a guy like Stefan, who brings a very unique perspective on the world of football in all aspects. What did you say? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I got a pretty just coaching. I said coaching college, high school, um, playing. I'd have a lot of, you know, perspective stories to give out. So uh, let's get right into it, man. Um, you know, we come we come from New York City. Uh, our high school was in Queens. We, um, I feel like New York City in general, when it comes to high school sports, has been severely disrespected as far as like the recruiting process goes. Uh, you know, it's a it used to be a hot spot for basketball. I believe it still is a hot spot for basketball. Still is, still is. But uh, as far as football goes, man, we never got the love that we deserved. And you know, New York State has produced some players, but as far as New York City, the five boroughs, we've always been severely disrespected. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, we've been disrespected. Um, but the big thing is like football's not really our thing. I mean, when I was in high school, I thought it was, you know. But then when you go out of state and you see other states, other you know, just other places, football really is really not our thing. I mean, we're we're, we're good. We got athletes, but football is really not our thing. We don't do it all year round, you know. Kind of like me, you you play a different sport in high school. We'd finish, you know, football season, and I'd go play basketball, or you go play baseball. You know, we don't commit the full year to football like Texas does or California does. So that's just the only thing. We just got to commit more time to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, now you're living in Nevada, right? Yep, I'm in Reno. Yeah, so you don't need to worry about this. But, you know, New York, this East Coast weather is not fun, man. Exactly. It's not fun and, like, it's hard to train. Nobody want to be out in the snow. Like, when I was playing, we practiced in the cold. Like, we don't want to be out in the cold. Like, that's why we go play basketball. You don't get hit in the cold. You know, it's all the same. We don't want to get hit in the cold. We don't want to play in the cold. Like, the weather has a lot to do with it. Because, like I said, Texas, California, Nevada, Arizona, they can just do whatever they want all year round, you know, be outside running, training. Yeah, I remember when I went down to um, I went down to Miami in uh, 2006 for the Super Bowl, and then I went to Tampa Bay a couple years later. And I remember, now we're talking February, I, I get on the plane to go down there. And, and you know, the usual, the, the North Face snorkel, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Under Armour and shit, you're wearing all that. And then you land on the yep. plane and everyone's in a tank top and shorts. And yep, got your Timbers on and all that. Yeah, it's like, yo, I got to change in the bathroom quick because I can't be looking like a fool over here. But, man, the weather, yeah, the weather, man, like that's the biggest, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, I think so too, man. I think that definitely has a, has something to do with it. But um, t- tell me, uh, tell me more about your time. I know we, we grew up in pretty much the same time but how was the recruiting process for you playing football being from new york city okay so obviously i didn't start playing until my sophomore year you know so 10th grade i was playing basketball i had this pipe dream of like playing point guard at uconn you know what i mean <laughs> my whole whole time I played basketball i don't know i just had this pipe dream of playing uconn um so obviously that wasn't gonna happen i was growing but i wasn't basketball high i wasn't even good enough to even think about playing at that level basketball so i started playing Sophomore year, so didn't really know about the recruiting process because I know a lot of people go to like camps and stuff. I know you went to a couple camps with like Mario and all that stuff. Yeah, 
I didn't do any of that stuff. So it's pretty much just playing football and like me knowing how to play the game. Like I always knew football, but knowing how to play it is a different, you know, different animal. Um, so obviously you get the regular recruitment letters, the New York SUNY schools, you know, go through that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I had like one division one was like Wagner, you know, Wagner, not Wagner, uh, Bryant University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were like so, a, a, a one double A, right? With like Hofstra. They were, yeah. they were a two when I was in high school. Okay. So they were division two in like the whatever division they were in. Um, but they were transitioning to division one. Okay. To like the NEAC, the NEC conference up there with Hofstra, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the only real recruiting that I did at that high level. Um, spoke to the coach up there, went up there for a visit, went to the spring game, did all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, I got hurt in the locker room. Yeah, Don't I forget remember that. that. The Achilles, right? So, yep, tore the Achilles, broke the ankle, all that stuff in the locker room. So once I told him that the coach up there that that happened, that kind of like ended the recruiting of me. So now I had to like recruit myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was crazy. Like in summer school, me and Marcus, you remember Marcus? Of course. I run it back. Marcus. We used to, like, write down the schools we wanted to, like, send our highlights tape to, you know? Mm-hmm. And our highlights tapes were shitty, you know? So, um, so on video, it was just shitty, grainy, shitty tapes. Yeah, yeah. So we one I, angle, too. I remember. Yeah. I think we sent our tape to, like, every SEC school, like, every fucking Pac-12 school. Just, like, went to Staples, got copies of, like, actual discs, and we sent them out. Like, nothing came back. You know what I mean? Bro, we you sent them all out. I, I hate <laughs> like, to cut you off, but it's crazy how, like, this is just a decade ago, and we had to send out DVDs. Yo, we had to send out straight DVDs to every school, bro. Like, one of the fact that we had to get the – Coach had VHS, don't forget. So we had to get a transfer to DVD. And then when we got the DVDs, then we had to send them shits out. Like, it was a headache, but it was like, listen, if one D1 coach calls us back, it's worth it, you know? Nah, of course. Yeah, but yo, damn, that just made me laugh, dude, because like you're talking about like what, this is two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yep. And yep. this is just ten years ago. And we had to yo, everyone listening, this is, this is no bullshit. Like we had to get the VHS tape, our coach put right it up <laughs> and then put it on a DVD, and then we had to physically yep. go to the post office to send these shit yep. out. Damn, that's yep. a blast from the past, bro. I think I had to pay somebody to put up music. Like, I had, like, Roy Jones fucking, like, can't be stopped on my shit. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I had to, like, pay somebody to put I had to go to somebody's house, bro, yeah. to, like, pay for them to chop it up, put the music on there, and then get copies, and then go to post office. It was, like, crazy. But, like I said, we, we thought that's how you do it. It was worth it. We did it. Nothing happened from it, but I'll do it again, <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. So, how did you... um You ended up going away to... Well, first of all, you were... You were one of the people that I looked up to as far as because we played in the one division. So for you guys, son, yeah. man, in in New York City, there was one threes and fives, right? So the one division was yeah. like your C division, kind of. The three division was your B division, and then the fives were where all your powerhouse teams. If you guys are from New York City, you know the teams like Tottenville, uh, Fort Hamilton. It's like those powerhouse Curtis, Curtis, yeah. Um, all those with Grady, all those schools, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, so like we were in the ones, and we always got disrespected. Whether it was oh. for, for for all city awards, for all borough and whatnot, but you got invited to the Fagazi Bowl, which that was Staten Island versus Queens, right? Yeah, it was Staten Island versus Queens, and like I said, it didn't matter. So just to touch on what you said about the one three fives. So anybody else who knows high school football outside of New York, they have like the class like one A to six A. That's like usually how they 
differentiate their football, mm-hmm. they go by size of the school, you know? So like 6A is going to be the most students in the school. We had like 3,800 students in our school. So we would classify for like a 6A who were like any other state. Mm-hmm. But New York, you know, obviously we do one through five. Just if you're good, if you're not good, whatever. It's politics. So I just want to throw it out there. Now, yeah, um, now, I'm glad <laughs> that you brought that up because, you know, people are people are saying, oh, shit, they went to a school with almost 4,000 kids in it. But we ain't yes. have no high school tryouts. Exactly. It was like, if you came out, coach don't put you on a team. Because like one, we didn't have that people that was coming out. So if you played offense, you probably played defense, probably played every special teams, you know, like just because we didn't have that many people. I think we had like 30 to 40 people like my senior year, like that was probably your junior year. Yeah, yeah. Like 30 or 40 people. And everybody, and 10 of those sucked. They were freshmen. You know what I mean? Yeah, was yeah. Never you gonna just, play. And, and you needed to have a certain amount of people so you could feel the team as well. Um, my buddy, my buddy Joe, who I do this show on, Joe Sanagato, he went to St. Francis yeah. Prep. And I remember one okay. time I went to pick him up from, from uh, summer camp like training days and shit and yo they had like 150 people out there i'm like damn yo you, the guys that are getting cut from your program will probably be starters on mine just because we don't have exactly <laughs> exactly and i think we played some of like at the figures some of the uh like those schools like san francis prep um like christ the king they all they were included too so it was just city team during the figures so it was also those little classic schools too yeah yeah the, the ones from um from queens as well so like yeah. how is that right so this is this is the cream of the crop this is the best players in the city how did you yep. how did you handle that i mean i know how you handle that because <laughs> of how your I swagger mean, is but t- tell the people how'd you go about it i mean to me it was kind of like okay you guys are the best players in the city but you ain't played us you ain't played me so like i don't really give a fuck what you did mm-hmm. you know what i mean that was kind of like the mentality and i feel like that's what we all had just being from the ones from our team we all had that like jock had that mario had that we all had that mentality like if we got the chance to play out, like, we would fucking beat you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, when we went out there, it was all their coaches out there, mm-hmm. you know, Staten Island, Queensboro, all the top coaches, like, Campus Magnet. You remember, like, all those big shot five schools? It was all their coaches. Yeah. So, obviously, they were trying to play their players in front of us, you know? Of and course, I think yeah. nine of us went, nine of us went to try out, and I think only me and Jock made it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you have to actually, that's a weird all-star game, you have to try out, that's only, like, some New York political shit, like, it's the only only place where you go to also game you have to try out to like make the team. So I think only me and Jock made it. I mean, and then we both ended up starting for the team. Um, I ended up getting the MVP because I think I had like a couple sacks. I blocked a field goal, just did a whole bunch of shit. We lost though, but I don't know how I ended up getting MVP, but we still lost. But the competition, obviously, you can tell the difference from the ones to the fives, you know. It's a it's a huge jump, just a speed and just technique and things like that, you know. It's a it's a big jump. <laughs> nah, of course. And what, one thing that we need to uh, we need to show love to our coaches, Hernandez and Brown. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. one thing that we were at a disadvantage at as well, and, you know, this, this applies to a lot of schools that in New York City that don't have the funds that some of these big-name programs do, like your St. Francis Preps, St. Anthony's. We had a coaching staff of two guys. Literally. Like, I, I, I want the people out there to, like, not take this. Like, we're being fucking, they're joking around. This is literally two people. It's Coach Hernandez coaching the entire defense, Coach Brosnan the entire offense. You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. And every once in a while, we had a couple former players will come back. You know what I mean? But there was no guarantee they'd show up to practice, you know? Yeah, so you're talking about two guys being the DB, linebacker, defensive <laughs> line, and then they combine for special teams. So they were, we were yep. at a disadvantage there, but they – 
they did do a lot. I mean, those guys are now, they, uh, it, it's fair to say that we call them friends and family now, too. Uh, yes, the they made it work. Yeah. And like I said, the record, you go back to the record of Coach Brazen and Coach Hernandez, is not very good, you know? Yeah. But if you just look at the impact that they have on us, if you go to all the players that played, players that played on like 0-12, 0-10 teams, they still come back. They love Coach Brazen, you know? It's not just a win-loss total. It's just we all know, like, the disadvantage they worked with. You know, we didn't have a football field. We were probably on a soccer field. Remember? Yeah, where uh, the one the one end of the field is diagonal, yeah. too, because it's cut off. So you can't, soccer field. Yeah, you got to make sure um, you're not throwing a deep ball that far because you're yes. trying to put your guy into, into yeah. the IR. So, Half softball field. And then we didn't have a home football field, so we had to travel for home games. Yeah, um, never had a home field advantage, that's for sure. Never had a locker room. Don't forget we was getting dressed in like a fucking upstairs attic. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever it was. Good time. So they, they worked they worked at what you know what, what we had. We didn't have funding or any kind of shit like that. We always had to pay, you know, for our jerseys, pay for our shit. Yeah. We didn't, you know. Okay. But it was fun top. Like I said, they're 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 the reason for it all. For sure. Yeah. So going back to this Fagazi Bowl, right? You uh yep. you end up getting recruited over there out of nowhere, right? Yeah, so like I said, the recruiting process after I broke my leg was pretty pretty cold. So um, there was a coach out there. His name was like Coach Coach Trump, and he was like a coach at a school in Missouri, a little school, small NAI school. Um, and I got the MVP. I guess Fagazi Bowl was named after a firefighter who played at I think he played at Tottenville or played at uh McKee. Um, he actually went to the St. Louis, so he went to Missouri Valley as well. So they always come back every year to you know try to recruit more talent. So. He gave me his card, and I wasn't really trying to talk to him because I was like, nah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to go to UConn. I'm not really trying to talk to you right now. You know, so yeah, yeah. I still had that still had that in my head, and I just put the wallet, just stashed away in my wallet, you know, um, and that was it. And then, you know, I think that game was in – it was probably December. Yeah. It was in. So, um, you know, it's getting hot. Months are going by. April, whatever may come around. June, graduation is coming around. I still want to know where I'm going to school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – I hit him up and was like, hey, you know, can uh, you know, can I come through? Like, what, what you talking about? Can I come through? And he's like, yeah, glad you called back. So that's how I ended up going. It was real on a quick thing. But I wanted to go. And my plan was like, let me go out there, see what it's about. If I got to transfer, I'll transfer out. Nothing. No big deal. You know? So that's what that was about for me. So you, you end up going down to Missouri. Is this the first time that you've been away from home? No. So I've been away from home. Um. I haven't been anywhere like west past like fucking Pennsylvania. Like I've been around, been down south, been those places, but anywhere like in the Midwest, I ain't never been anywhere close to that. So flying into Kansas City as an eighteen year old kid just got out of high school out of New York, you gotta imagine the culture shock for oh, one. That's for damn sure, man. I you know the culture I, I like shock. To, I like to tell everybody who, you know, I've interacted with a couple of our fans and they're from all over the world. You know, a lot of people from Australia, a lot of people yeah. from Canada, and even even people in the States, you know, people from out west. I'm like, I like to tell people that New York City itself could be its own country. Cause there Should ain't be nothing own. like New York City, man. Just everything about it is just so quick, up tempo. Yep. There's always something to do. So what's that like going away? You end up going to Missouri, like you said. How was your time at Missouri? My time wasn't bad. Like I said, if you make it what it is. You get comfortable. You meet people. Um, obviously, Jock went with me, so that made it, uh, you know, we had each other, so that made it a lot better, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't go out there completely by myself, so that made it a lot better. But I was not having a good, like, experience. Like, when I first got there, 
like one they pulled in and it was like a fucking Dairy Queen. And I was like, I don't even know what if I never seen a Dairy Queen like in my life. And I was like, the only thing in the town, like a Dairy Queen, a fucking Walmart, and like just shit like that. So, um, I wasn't having a good time the first couple of days. We had practice. Um, I felt out of place. I felt like the dudes were probably too good for me. You know, things like that. All that shit was setting in. Um, and eventually, I, I literally, my first couple of days, I didn't pack my bags. I still had them packed, you know, because I was like, I'm going to fucking leave. Like, this place sucks. Um, and eventually, I just decided to stay, you know. And it obviously turned out to be the best decision, you know, of my life. Um, played four years. Like I said, I switched. I was, I was on a D-line. D-line coach fucking hated me. So he moved me to O-line because I was always asking, like, why do you want me to do this? Like, that's not how, you know, Coach Bronson showed me how to do it. So I was always questioning yeah. everything. Um, so he moved me to O-line, and that kind of motivated me because now I was like, okay, the dude didn't want me on his D-line. Now I'm going to fucking wreak havoc on his fucking D-line. You know what I mean? Every day in practice, I'm going to make him fucking wish he didn't move me over to O-line. So that was, like, my motivation the whole time. So I got moved to O-line, and actually I took a senior's job when I was, like, my redshirt freshman year, I took a senior's job and from there you know just went up through all conference uh i think i all american too one of those years and that was you know pretty successful career we had we went to a couple of championship games as well almost to the championship game almost won the whole thing but we lost i won't go into that unless you want me to but what uh what, so what was it like i mean you, you could touch on it here so you end up going to the championship you're obviously playing a lot better competition from what you were playing yep. even in new york city because one thing that yeah. they say about like recruiting is i remember this stuck out to me when i went to the syracuse camp that you mentioned before how me and yep. justin who uh i've had on degeneration bets a couple of times he uh him and i went to syracuse we went to rutgers we went to all these camps and one thing that some of the head coaches would say is Look, when you go to college, you got to remember that all these kids that are on your team were all city, all state at their high school. Yep. So now yep. when you're in college, this is the cream of the crop. Everybody's an all-star from their high school. So it's really a level playing field for the most part. So you, you go to the championship game. What was it like playing against some of these you know better better players throughout the country? Okay, so yeah, just like our coaches were saying, everybody man in high school, you know what I mean? You know, I say, you know, damn, homie, high school is the, you know, yeah. everybody was the man in high school. So you get there and now everybody's just level playing field. But obviously people are better than some people. It's just how it is, you know? Some people are just better than others. Um, the competition was pretty tough. Like I said, it's still a small school. It's, it's not Alabama, you know, we're not playing Alabama. But you still got kids that get recruited to Division One schools, um, Division Two schools. Um, actually, Missouri has like, the top Division II conference in the country. I don't know if anybody knows that. Like, I don't know if you know, like, Northwest Missouri State, they win the title, like, every year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got, like, Pittsburgh State, Central Missouri won it a couple years ago. They're all in the same conference. Um, Lindenwood. So, actually, Lindenwood's a Division II school now. They played in our conference when I first got to college. They used to smack us, you know, because they just had D1 dropbacks would fall back into their – so, at every level of competition, you're going to have people that played at the highest level, and they fall back for whatever reason. Grades, get in trouble, yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. So even at Division One level, it's like Isaiah Crowell, you know, plays for the Jets now, was at Georgia, got dropped to Jackson State. What do you think that person's going to do? What do you think he's going to do? Number one back in the country, play at Georgia, drops a down a level. What do you think he's going to do at that level? Yeah, he's going to dominate. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I can just think back to one of the, I don't know if you remember, his name was Brandon Wager, played at Iowa. He won like Big Ten freshman year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, got kicked out for whatever reason. We had to play him in a playoff game. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So this dude was on another level. I mean, there was no angle that you could take to cut him off. I mean, he was just on. He was an NFL player, no joke, playing on our team, um, or playing against our team. So, like I said, the level of competition is is pretty, pretty, pretty different. And like I said, it's the mentality. I'm not sure a lot of high school kids have the mentality just to like you know. I'm playing. I'm not playing to go to the NFL. It's cool if you go from high school go to Ohio State. There's a chance you go to the NFL. Yeah, you're playing for something. You playing at this little level. It's like you're playing just because you love to play. You know what I mean? You don't have the million dollar facilities. You don't have the fucking money, the women, all that shit. You're just playing because you want to play football. Of course. Yeah. So I think at that level, it's a little harder than it is to play at Alabama or Ohio State because it's like everybody loves you on that level. So yeah, that's. Competition, yeah, it's 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 serious. You, you bring up a good point about uh, like a guy like Isaiah Crowell, right? He goes from Georgia and then he he you know gets kicked all out the team or whatever, and then he goes to a different school, a lesser school. Now the big popular show on Netflix is Last Chance You, and how many kids do you see go from like Florida State, Auburn, and then they go to like a, a a JUCO school, wreak havoc, and then end up transferring. So yeah, man, I agree with you that it's it's for the love of the game for real when you go to these smaller programs. Especially like last chance you. So the last season was what Independence, Kansas, yeah. which wasn't far from where we were. Um, these kids have the world. They go to Florida State, like Malik Henry, who's a fucking dickhead, by the way. <laughs> he has the world at his hands at Florida State. He can't figure it out because he's been given everything his whole life. Yeah. He's been the starter at fucking Pop Warner, been the starter in high school. They probably fucking babied him. You see his dad fucking babies him. He goes to fucking Florida State, Jimbo Fisher won't baby you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a wake-up call. He's pissed off. Right? A wake-up call that he can't fucking wake up from. He's pissed off, goes to another school, to Independence. And now he can't figure anything out. You know what I mean? This comfort zone, like, he's not used to fucking grinding for everything. Yeah, yeah. Just, he's a fucking dickhead. I don't like that dude. That. Fuck that. <laughs> he's just, it's like, not, he's not good enough to act that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You bring up a good point, though, because a lot of kids get spoon-fed or they have all these opportunities. And then when they they face a little diversity, like, yo, you know what? Yeah, you're the man. Your shit don't stink. But now you got to compete against said player next to you. Some of them don't handle that well. And that's why you see guys like that end up getting kick off, kicked off the team for uh, disciplinary reasons. They get into trouble. It's because they can't handle that. Damn, I actually got to grind for this one. Exactly. You also got to understand, too, like, so at the college level, that high level college level, um, you got to be like a real shithead to get kicked off a team. Mm-hmm. Like, they will pretty much fucking put up with fucking anything. Like, you could fucking rape somebody, you can fucking drink, get a DUI. You got to do so much shit yeah. to get kicked off. Like, Tyron Matthew got kicked off at of LSU. They said, what, drugs or whatever, weed? Yeah. Imagine how many drug tests he had to fail. Of course, yeah. For them to find it. Because it wasn't the first, it wasn't the second, it wasn't the third. It had to be like in the tens for them to be like, okay, this kid doesn't fucking get it. Like, that's the thing. Like, they can't, a lot of these kids can't stop smoking. Like, you can't stop smoking weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> to get to where you want to get to, you look at Josh Gordon in the league, it's like, you can't stop smoking weed. Martavis Bryant, you can't stop smoking weed. You're getting paid millions of dollars and you can't stop smoking weed. Yeah, that's like, that's just a character <laughs> issue there, man. That's just a so, like that's Yeah, I feel you on that. It's unfortunate, so, dude, because I talk about the, I talk about Urban Meyer in Florida all the time, how, Back in the day, right? Everybody loved Urban Meyer, but you had that godly figure in the South of Tim Tebow that kind of covered up all the bullshit that was going around. Like you had the Pouncey Brothers, you had Riley Cooper, Reggie Nelson, like beat someone for a laptop. Brandon Uh, Spikes, fucking slapping holes, fucking. uh, uh, What's his name? Cam Newton stealing laptops out of fucking. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez, obviously too. So killing people, like yeah, like uh, 
Urban Meyer, he's a he's a different type of cat to me. Should have got fired at Ohio State. That's just me. Uh-huh. Um, because not that it's his job. Because I don't want to make it sound like it's his job to protect another woman. You know what I mean? That's not his job. Like he's not the one physically beating Courtney yeah. Smith. Yeah. But you know this guy's track record. You have him on your fucking staff. Mm-hmm. It falls under you as a head coach. Everything in your program falls under you. Of course, yeah. You know. For sure. Like Rick Patino saying, "Fucking oh, I didn't know they had strippers." Well, it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. It's you know what I mean? That's watch, what they always yeah. exactly. It's all your responsibility. So, and just his interview after was just like the dude doesn't care. You know, he's pissed off that they suspended him for fucking Tulsa. They just beat Oregon State by like fifty. Yeah, he's pissed off they suspended him for those fucking games, which was also they just spend him for three games that they're gonna fucking smoke people anyway. You know, yeah, it's just they, they were they were. In Vegas, they were like 25-point favorites yesterday <laughs> against Oregon. Yeah, well, even yesterday, it was like, because my boy hit me up for a parlay, and I looked up, they were like um, minus 39, you know, like a 39-point favorite at Oregon State. And I was like, there's no way they're going to fucking, Oregon State can't be that bad. And they beat them by fucking 40, yeah, yeah. 40 so, <laughs> 45, so. As as we wind down, this is uh, one of the one of the coolest stories that I've heard, man. And uh, you gave me a little details prior to us recording. But I wanted you to hold off because I wanted the people to hear it. And I wanted to hear it, too, as well. But my guy, Stefan, got a tryout with an NFL team with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, so it goes to show you guys that even if you go to a small program, you're from New York City or, you know, you go to a D2, D3 school. If you're good, people are going to find you. So, Steph, tell us about the experience with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tell us about that 2013 draft experience too, how it all played out. Yeah, so like I said, yes, yeah, so I graduated 2012. So obviously, I just finished my last season. I'm training because I don't know what the future holds at all. Obviously, I know for a fact I'm not getting drafted. You know, mm-hmm. from a small school, why waste a pick? You don't know if I can play. Yeah. You know, so um, the night of the draft, I head to New York City to see the draft with my boy Brian. Wait in line. If everybody knows about the draft in there, you got to wait in line to get tickets. It's, it takes forever. So wait in line for like six, seven hours. So. We go back the next day, which is the first round, the first night of the draft, the 2013 draft. Um, I get a phone call from a Tampa phone number. So I'm like, who's fucking with me? You know, it's the first night of the draft. Nobody's calling me <laughs> during the night of the draft. So it was actually the assistant online coach, was Steve Loney. He used to coach for the Rams, and he did a, he did a bunch of things. Um, so he calls like, hey, I don't take any O-linemen during the draft. Uh, we're going to bring you in, you know, undrafted free agent, bring you in for a tryout, you know, see what happens there. So I'm like, cool. I'm excited. It's also the weekend of my college graduation. My whole family is already like paying to come out to see me graduate. And I have to call them like, hey, I got this tryout. I know y'all spent all your money, but I want to go down. You know, I want to see where this can take me. Of course. You, know? you so, can't pass up on an opportunity. Like exactly. That. I couldn't pass it up. So I go back to school for like a couple of days, right? Because I want to I tighten up my O-line coach. You know, my old coach, Taylor, shout out to him. Um, he has a lot of experience. Been coaching for years. He coached in the CFL, coached at like University of Minnesota. So he's... I'm at a small school, but I'm getting like top-notch coaching, you know, on yeah, a whole lot. Yeah, so, definitely a good person to have in your ear. Exactly. So he's like, whatever. He actually GA. He used to coach a coach Sumlin too down in uh, Minnesota. So um, he, you know, we're working on things, working on footwork technique. Like, you know, he has me snapping. He's like, they might put you at center. You know, they're gonna have you doing guard drills. So we're doing everything for like four or five days. I'm just working, grinding. So I get out there, and uh, it's the year. They drafted Mike Glenn in, like, the third round. So they traded for Revis. Okay. Yeah, who, by the way, <laughs> so the guys, Jets. full full disclosure, my guy <laughs> Stefan's a big Jet fan, so he definitely was yeah. popping hard when he saw Revis. Popping hard. Revis' jersey got his lock, took pictures of his locker. So 
Anyway, <laughs> was, I was I was fanboying down there. So um, so they traded Revis in a first round. So the Jets had two first round picks. Um, their only other pick was Mike Glennon. So he was their third round pick. So he was like gonna be the, the quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was gonna be the guy. Supposed to be. Um, smart dude. So I'm down there with him. I think my locker was right next to Mike's. Um, he was actually like in my huddle. So it was only two quarterbacks down there. It was Glennon and it was Robert Marv, if you remember him from like Miami back okay. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was also down there too. Um, so we get down there. There's a lot of dudes. I'm fourth on a depth chart. They give us a depth chart for practice. You know, I'm fourth on a depth chart. Um, just so you know, there is 13 0. There, well, how many linemen was it? There's 16 0 linemen. Okay. Okay. So if anybody does math, you know, five, 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 and then there's one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fourth on the depth chart, I'm literally in my own line. You know what I mean? By myself. So I have to split with, like, the third guard. You know what I mean? Because I have to slow him to get reps. So I'm getting half the reps. Me and him are both getting half the reps that we could get, you know? But Greg Chiano's the head coach, you know? Um, not a great guy, by the way. I don't want to – he's not a very good guy. Not a very good coach either. Um, put that out there. Yeah, I feel you, uh, man. Hey, look, he's gotten fired that? many times, so you, you might be. On you've seen, point. you've seen his NFL record. So you've seen Ohio State. He's the D coordinator of Ohio State, and uh, they suspended Urban Meyer didn't make him the fucking interim head coach. I think there's a reason they didn't do that. Yeah, that's so. Right there. Uh, and also, they Tennessee didn't hire him, so all they hired him and then they fired him like the next day, whatever <laughs> Tennessee did. So his record speaks for himself. I don't have to tell people. People know the deal. Um, so yeah, so I'm on the I'm getting reps and I think I'm doing well. But now I'm I'm used to playing small school kids, right? So now I'm playing against William Golson, Michigan State, second round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blocking against I'm blocking against LSU, Stanford, Arizona, just people I've just I've seen on TV. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm blocking against those dudes. I'm holding my own. I mean, there's also times I'm struggling. You know what I mean? Because I mean, the speed is just. Unreal, you know. The so speed is, is, it, is it that, that I'm glad you brought that up. Is everything you hear about oh it's so much faster at the next level? Is that true? It is true. So like as an old on, obviously you're in the trenches. So like your D tackle is not gonna be fucking Odell Beckham like running around you like that, you know. But just like his get off. So just imagine like you're blocking against Sue. You know, yeah. Sue's quick. Just imagine now you got to block against Aaron Donald. He's just another level of quick. You know what I mean? Just like gotcha. Yeah, to it's, get it's off a little different. Bit different. Different type of explosiveness. Yeah, it's just a little bit different. Um, like I said, it's nothing you can't handle, but it takes a lot. So, like, let's say he comes off of the speed rush. I get that figured out. Now, the next move, I'm, you know, preparing for the speed rush. He hits with another move. It's just constant. Everything's getting thrown at you. Um, I think the biggest thing for me as a lineman, I was playing guard, interior. I think the biggest thing is the linebackers. So, usually I could get up to the second level and reach a linebacker. No deal. You know what I mean? No big deal. Um, this is different because linebackers recognize plays so fucking fast. Like, if you imagine, like, Luke Keekley, he's already calling out fucking plays before the ball snapped. Yeah. The second that ball snapped, he's fucking shooting that gap. If you don't fucking take up, there's no chance you're going to block it. You know what I mean? Yeah. For <laughs> like, sure. there is fucking no chance. So, like I said, the speed is a little bit different. Um, I was out there for about four days. Like I said, did the rookie camp. A lot of people did some one-on-ones, did some good things. Um, just didn't show myself well enough to, like, get, you know, a contract to stay off for the preseason. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, for that experience, I mean, I tried out for, you know, CFL team the next week. Um, like the BC line tried out for them the next week. Didn't make that either. And then I started having some back issues, you know, after that situation. I had back issues in college, but serious back issues after that. And then had a couple of surgeries. So that pretty much ended the playing part of my football career. So in that 
in that sense. So, but it was all fun. Good experience. Like I said, got to live the NFL life, I'd say, for four days, <laughs> you know. Hey, man, that's, that's a lot more than what a, a lot, a lot of other people could say. And then from there, is. from playing, you made a transition into coaching. Yep. So you've been so coaching back. since uh, 2012. And I know this year you recently moved, as we were talking about before. Yeah. So you're not coaching this year. But uh, yeah. tell me about your experience. And, and honestly, this is what I really want to know. We've seen like social media really take off within. I mean, since we graduated, we were messing around yeah. before about how we had to physically get VHS tapes to get recruited. <laughs> yeah. But now yep. you see a kid goes viral because of some punt return, and then he's on on teams' radars as like a yep. top recruit and shit. So, how is it coaching high school football now in 2017, 18? Okay, so last year I coached at Shawnee Mission South, so I was in Kansas last year. So I coached out there. So it's a lot different. These kids, you can you can relate to them. They're fun. My group were fun. So I was, co- I was the head coach of the freshman team, right? Um, and then I was like the assistant O-line coach on the varsity. So the kids are different, but they're, it's social media. Like I said, it's the big thing for them. So they're always on Twitter. They're always on doing something, trying to like promote their brand. You know, like every one of my players had like, they tell you what star they were, you know, in their bios, like <laughs> – three-star oh, class of 2009. Like, nobody fucking cares, you know? Yeah. And I always tell them, like, can you play? You know, that's pretty much what it is. Can you play? And then I always try to get them with the grades. Because each kid, I don't want to group them all together, but a lot of kids don't. It's just football, you know? Yeah. If you think about, like, Booby Miles, it's just like, he can't do nothing else but play football. And it's like, it shouldn't fucking be that way. Like, if you get hurt, you should be able to fucking have grades to still go to college. You shouldn't be just, you know, predicated on, can I play football or not? Um. So it's a little tough. It's not like we, we, we didn't have that much social media when we were a fucking kid. Like, just imagine if we were in high school, we had Twitter, like, like a crazy, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> different sure, thing. Man. I, I can imagine. And a lot of these kids recruit themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I would send out DVDs, but they can just send their huddle link to whoever or put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, and it gets out there. Some celebrity, one NFL player sees it, they retweet it, and then everybody sees it, you know? So my biggest thing for the kids is just, like, make sure you get your grades. Your grades got to be right. And just, like, do the things we ask you to do. Like, I'm tr- here trying to show you the way how to play the game the right way. Do the things we actually do. That's pretty much what it is. I was coaching a quarterback, and he was very talented. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the freshman level. But just wouldn't do things within the offense. Just wanted to scramble because he was faster than everybody. And it was just like, yes, that works now because you're on a freshman. But when you go up to varsity next year, I'm trying to prepare you for that. Not for now. You can run around all these <laughs> fat 13-year-old kids that aren't going to be playing varsity next year anyway. So, how hard um, was it how hard was it for you to get to get through kids heads 13, 14, 15-year-olds that yo your grades really matter, you should probably put an emphasis on studies just as much as you did being an athlete and being a football player. It was hard cuz like at this point like I would get like the report every week and they'll tell me like where they're sitting in classes and if anybody had like under C like I'm going to run them. So that's pretty much what my punishment was for them. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get the seriousness. Like, listen, this is what matters. Like, your football is going to end at some point. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot be a dummy just, like, not caring about class. Life kids don't care. They don't, they don't want to go to class late. Or they end it on their cell phone, you know? Or they're just not paying attention to class. So it's not even like a thing about they can't do it. They can do it. It's just they don't want to do it. So it was hard. And like I said, if I have to get parents involved, like, hey, Take your kid out of practice, whatever. And a lot of parents there were super good at that school. I had one kid that was like super, like just didn't want to do shit. And his mom was like, "He's not coming to practice until he gets grades together." And I was like, "That's fine because he's not going to play." 
anyway. So yeah, until he gets it yeah. together. So you just need parent. The high school thing's different than college, so you need parent involvement, you know, in the high school thing. College, not so much, but that's probably why I like college a lot more because I don't really want to deal with the parents because a lot of parents don't see it. Yeah, the kids go home and tell them whatever of course, they want the to tell them. Tell them one thing, but the coaches see something <clears throat> different. Yeah, exactly. So I don't deal. I had a coach, like a brother of a. I actually coached a girl last year, she was on my team, and the brother was like telling me how to teach her how to in the stands and I was like no like go to fuck back up in the stands you know like, I don't want to yeah, hear yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, here coaching the team that's an issue that you see across like AAU also in the basketball circuit you see on yeah. all these other platforms where the parents do try to get involved and some sometimes it's to a detriment to the to the the, the athlete which is ultimately what we care about I want to ask you like, something about um going forward right as we wrap up yeah. here so yeah we got all this shit going on with concussions. We got all these rule changes. It's it's for the better of the football player going forward, long term. But what do you think the state of football in the youth levels and in high school and colleges going forward? What do you think happens to the game? Okay, so obviously I think the NFL is king. You know what I mean? Of course. So rule changes go backwards. It's opposite of what it should be. Rule changes should go up. So it should be these are protections we're putting in for kids. We layered a little bit. You know, obviously, your NFL players, college players, we layered a little bit. But um, I think I think the youth game is good. Obviously, do we have parents that don't want their kids to play because of the head injuries? Yeah, but is a five-year-old kid running with the speed of fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are they going to collide at such a speed that uh, it's going to really cause them brain injury? And they could. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so they could. They could, but I don't think so. Um, high school, obviously high school is where I think the most injuries occur because kids don't have the technique of how to tackle. So like, look at us. We had two coaches. <clears throat> like, thank God we never had any situation where, like somebody was tackling with their head down and broke their neck. You know, we didn't have any of those because coach took the time to show us how to actually tackle, you know? Yeah, yeah. College now, speed, same thing. I think they got the targeting rule in college, so they'll throw you off the game. Yeah, you end up missing... Uh a game's worth. So if you hit someone, if you get thrown out in the second half for targeting, you'll miss next week's half also. Yeah. So I think that's about as colleges, they're pretty scared to hit people, you know, where they don't want to lose games. College, you're not getting paid. So it's not like, Oh, I'm taking a paycheck. Yeah. They don't want to miss games to put on film. So that's a big, big thing. Um, the NFL, um, I don't know the rule change so far. I seen the first two weeks of the preseason. It was kind of like crazy crazy high like i think the last two weeks kind of settled down when it comes to like the helmet to helmet or what's the new rule the lowering of the head yeah 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 you know anybody yep. um i think that's settled down a little bit um but i think it's for i think it's for safety you of know course, yeah but to me it's like if i'm if i'm not a cook you know what i mean i can't go tell gordon ramsay fucking how to cook you know what i mean yeah, yeah so to me it's like they can't have these people in these committees Telling these football players how they should hit or how they should react when a running back lowers his head, going full speed. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so it's, it's so quick hitting too, man. Like you know this, I know this. People that have played football, and even if when you play football and you know pick up seven on seven at the park, it, yeah. it's it's quick split second decisions, you know. And then like you said, a running back lowers his head to protect himself. What are you going to do? It lowers your target zone out of where to hit somebody, and then before you know it, yeah. you're getting 15 yards and getting thrown out of a game. And a lot of the times is that the def- defender's already decided where he's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
The defender's like, okay, I'm going to hit him right in the chest, close to the shoulder area. And now the running back lowers his head. So now the defender's mid-tackle, what are they supposed to do? You know, like stop their body mid-tackle? Like what are they supposed to do, you know? But you I don't know. The NFL's in a good place. Yeah, you touched on something before. And uh, as we wrap up now, it's something that uh, Coach Hernandez always told me because, you know, he coached the defensive side of the ball. And I asked him one time, you know, how come – where do you see football going forward and what's the issue with the tackling and all these head injuries? And he mentioned what you said, Stefan, about how it's the technique, man. Nowadays with social media and even when you were putting together your highlight tape and anyone that's yeah. playing high school football now and is listening, you want the wow hit, right? If of course, you want the hit stick. Yeah, you want the hit stick. You want the, oh, shit. You know, you want yep. that kind of reaction. If I'm doing a textbook um tackle at the waist wrapping my arms head up and taking it <laughs> to the ground that's not getting anyone excited nobody cares about that and you're probably gonna get run over though let's just say they want the big hit they want the here comes the boom hit and it does yep. it does hurt the the technique which is ultimately what could prevent a lot of these injuries yeah i mean like i said it's the technique is pretty much what it is that's why the usa today usa ball like they're teaching these kids to tackle they're actually like bringing in high school last year, we had like a camp for like moms. You know, we bring the moms out and we show them how we show the kids to tackle. We actually have the moms tackle like dummies and stuff. Because oh, like I said, it starts with the moms. Yeah. Because if they don't want their kid to play, like, you know, we don't really have a choice in that. So if we show them, hey, this is how we're teaching them. This is the safe way. It might sway them. But okay, I can let my kid play. At least there's people who know what they're doing, you know, showing them how to tackle. It's not the fucking Pop Warner coach who fucking just came from work. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually doesn't fucking care. certified and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Course. Who has your child's best interest? Like, it's not just winning. It's like, listen, this is how we got to tackle. We don't want to break your neck. So things like that. But I think that I think the football game is in a, a good place. I know if you watch Fox News, they'll tell you the NFL is not a good place. Ratings are down. People ain't watching because they're kneeling. They'll tell you all that bullshit. But it's a lot. So, I mean, if, it, if, if ratings are really bad, Fox wouldn't pay five hundred million for Thursday night football, which is the worst football product you could buy. Yeah, you, know you want to talk about head injuries and, and bad football, definitely Thursday night football, man. If exactly. Fantasy, you probably wouldn't be tuning into that. That's what I mean. How does the NFL go both ways and say, this is about safety, but then you're going to play Sunday night, turn around three days later, play Thursday night. You know, it's kind of like, what are you talking about? What, 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 how's that safe? You know? Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, the Redskins played a Sunday night football game against the Packers and then traveled to Dallas on Thursday for Thanksgiving. It's like, yo, that's oh, yeah. not even a full, that's <laughs> full like two, two and a half days, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Stefan, man, I, thanks, thanks a lot, dude. I, I love the insight that no. you brought to the table. Thank you, man. Hope everyone, Thank you. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Steph, where can they find you if they want to contact you on social media, you know, tell you that they enjoyed the episode, tell you that, you know, Reva saying shit, get you going. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, hit me on Twitter. You know, I'm on Twitter. Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-O-N-K-83. Hit me on Twitter. You can tag me on Twitter. Tag me, you know, whatever, Nick. You know, you got a bigger yeah, yeah. fan I'm gonna, base. I'm going to definitely, guys, to make it easier, I'll have, uh, I'll have Steph's social media on this episode so you guys can reach out to him. Uh, Steph, thanks again, man, for joining us. All it was right. a pleasure. No problem. And, we got to uh, do it more often. We'll, we'll chop it up soon, my man. All right. Thanks, Nick. So there you have it, guys. My uh, former high school captain and teammate, Stefan Kelly. Uh, pretty unique and cool story. I hope you guys enjoyed that. You can follow me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, twitch.tv slash The Lamb Show. Be sure to check out at DegenerationBet on Twitter for your DFS and sports betting fix.
the DFS show every Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern time on Twitch. We'll be doing a live Q&A for uh, subscribers and all followers and fans. You know, we go shoot the shit, see how we're going to take down the Millie Maker. You can follow at Tim Patrop on Twitter and Instagram for Tim. Boss is at Endevito27 on both social media handles. IMPY718, you already know, that's for Impy. At Joe Sanagato for all things Joe Sanagato. Make sure to follow us at Veterans Minimum on Twitter. Veterans underscore minimum on Instagram. The Veterans Minimum YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. Find us on Facebook. We're on Spotify now, which is pretty fire. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that horny stuff. Thank you all for joining me, and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.